Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have Netflix 296 film from 2020. It's the animated musical called Over the Moon. It's directed by Glenn Keane and stars the voices of Kathy Yang, Philippa So, Ken Jong, John Chow, Ruthie Ann Miles, Margaret Cho, and Sandra Oh. I'm Jesse, I'm your host. Thanks for joining me today for this animated feature film. As always, if you haven't seen this film and you're keen on checking it out, give us a pause and come back a little bit later on because we will spoil it as we go. We kick off the show with the Fast Flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. This one is about a girl who struggles with the passing of her mother and looks to the moon for guidance. All right, hopefully that's got you ready to go for this episode. Let's have a look at how this ended up on Netflix. So we go all the way back to September 26th on 2017 where Pearl Studio hired Audrey Wells to write the script for the film called Over the Moon, which was based on an idea by Janet Yang about a retelling of the classic Chinese myth. On February the 6th of 2018, Netflix acquired the distribution rights for the film and Glenn Keane was set to direct. However, during this, unfortunately, Audrey Wells passed away in 2018. So the film was therefore dedicated to her memory as well. In the film, there's a city called Lunaria, and this was inspired by the cover of Pink Floyd's album, The Dark Side of the Moon, and the paintings of Joan Miro. Animation was provided in this film by Pearl Studio and Sony Pictures Imageworks. The film was released in select theaters and on Netflix on the 23rd of October, 2020. Prior to this release, it was shown at the Montclair Film Festival on October 17th as well. A day before its release, a book written by animation historian Leonard Moulton, who also hosts a very good podcast if you're keen on listening to that one, um, but he released a book about the history of the film called Over the Moon, Illuminating the Journey. And this, um, this was a, a good book, apparently. Netflix in January of 2021 reported that 43 million households had watched the film, which is pretty crazy. So a lot of people uh, watched this film, I guess. Translations around the world. In Spanish, it's called Beyond the Moon. In Portuguese, it's called On the Way to the Moon. In French, it's called Journey to the Moon. In Chinese, it's called Fly to the Moon. In Danish, it's called To the Moon and Back. So all very, very similar titles. In German, it's called The Colourful Side of the Moon. In Greek, it's called Moon, I'm Coming to You. In Hungarian, it's called Lunaria, Adventure on the Moon. Italian, it's called Over the Moon, The Fantastic World of Lunaria. In Japanese, it's called Feifei and the Moon Adventure. In Dutch, it's called Feifei and the Moon. In Polish, it's called Expedition to the Moon. In Turkish, A Moon Tale and in Vietnamese, reaching for the moon. So obviously the moon plays a very big role in this film. Tagline, this one had a tagline. It's called, well, the tagline is, believing is everything. Oh, so lazy, super, super lazy. Not a big fan of that one. As mentioned before, this hit Netflix on the 23rd of October, 2020. In its limited release, it took 860,000 US dollars at the box office, so not too bad at all. Awards, this had three wins and 61 nominations. The biggest nomination for it was Best Animated Feature at the 2021 Academy Awards. It also had the same nomination at the Golden Globes too, so pretty well received. What are the critics and audiences saying about this film? Rotten Tomatoes sits at 82% on 103 reviews, that is fresh. The audience is at 69%, that's on more than 500 ratings. IMDb sits at a 6.3 out of 10 on 25,000 ratings. Letterboxd a 3.2 out of 5 on 50,500 ratings, actually logged by 73,000 people. And on Metacritic, it sits at a 60 out of 100 on 22 critic reviews. That's in the yellow traffic light system with the audience sitting at a 6.7 out of 10 on 75 reviews. And that is green, so super positive from there. 
I had an 81% Netflix match on this film. So what are my early thoughts? Um, visually impressive. I think the film has its heart in the right place. It all gets a little bit frustrating when Fei Fei actually gets to the moon as it sort of feels like a completely different film, but it all does tie in realistically. So still a fairly decent film to see. All right, let's talk about some characters. So Fei Fei, she's the young girl who's struggling with the loss of her mother and her father moving on with this new woman. Uh, and she also has an annoying son called Chin and that idea that she's gonna have a stepbrother is, is a little bit um, frustrating for her. She believes in this Chang character who's a moon goddess and no one else does believe in her, which really frustrates her. Um, and that this belief in it also confuses her family and, and her teacher at school because she's intelligent, she loves science, those sorts of things. And, and, and they can't understand, you know, she's old enough now to have moved on from those thoughts. But, but this is the journey, this is her journey of moving on and overcoming grief. She's got this rabbit called Bungie, um, who probably should have been her sidekick for the whole film, really. There's no re reason for her. Once she gets to this moon, she gets this other sidekick called Gobi. That frustrated me a little bit. Um, Chin. I mentioned Chin before. That's Fei Fei's stepbrother. Super annoying. But over the journey, Fei Fei learns to love him. Um, he's got a sidekick, Pet Frog, as well. So they've all got little sidekicks in this film. Um, Chang, Chang, who I mentioned before. She's the goddess who's on the moon. She's stuck there on the moon because she longs for her true love, Hui. And she has a rabbit as well to keep her company. And this rabbit works on a potion to bring her true love back. Um, I guess once Fei Fei meets her, that those expectations of her being all pure and nice are sort of proven wrong. And, you know, she's focused on gifts. She's focused on materialistic things and a bit selfish in the only thing she cares about is finding the love of her life. Um, Gobi. <laughs> I mentioned Gobi, that little green dog sidekick-like creature. Uh, who works alongside Fei Fei for the majority of the film. A little bit of a waste of a character for me. It's just like, and I've read online, a lot of people, like, it's like almost like an Olaf sort of character that just chucked in for the sake of it. Um, Lunaria, the city. The city on the moon is almost a character itself. There's the chickens on motorbikes, there's these blob things, there's moon cakes. Just visually, it's so appealing and, and so good to look at at various stages too. All right, the director, Glenn Keane. Let's, let's talk about Glenn. This guy has a big history. As an animator, a director, an author, an illustrator, Kane was a character animator at Walt Disney Animation Studios for 38 years. So big career there from 1974 to 2012. Worked on feature films like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Tarzan, Tangled, like big, big films. And he has been named a Disney legend back in 2013, a year after he retired from the studio as well. The other big thing in 2017, Kane directed the short animated film called Dear Basketball, which was based on Kobe Bryant's retirement poem that he wrote for the Players Tribune. And, and Keenan and Kobe, they received the Academy Award for Best Animated Short at the 90th Academy Awards for this as well. <laughs> the other little interesting fact, his mother is actually Australian. Um, so nice little tie in there as well. All right, let's get back to the film. So the film, what are some scenes that stood out? So for me, like this is a musical. So some of the songs worked, some of them didn't. Um, there's two that worked for me, the rest didn't really. The Rocket to the Moon song, I thought that was good. And there's a song at the end of the film in The Chamber of Sadness. That was also good about letting go of heartache and things like that. The arrival of the characters on Lunaria. I thought that was really good. The colors, everything, it just looks so nice. Visually, it was really pleasing. And, and the other thing, there's this table tennis match between the stepbrother Chin and um, Chang, which was cool. That was really cool that the, the way they mixed that game up. To show that there was a song, it was a bit of a rap. They battled between each other. Thought that was all right as well. Things that I didn't like. Um, Chin, the stepbrother, the introduction of him where he's like, you know, I've got superpowers and I can run through walls and they sort of cut away from him actually running through the wall. You just hear the noise of the impact. It would have been funny to actually see him. Uh, so it lost lost the impact 
of what it was trying to do unless and this doesn't add intrigue in any way but if they're trying to leave it open that he does have powers that doesn't work either so that was pretty poor um chang's pop song like when they arrive she does like this big stadium sort of show i know a lot of people like it i didn't wasn't a big fan thought that was didn't really fit in with the character and then the whole frog jumping chase through um the sky with the bike chicks to get this doll back it just felt like one of those crappy end uh, end of film sort of battle scenes in a marvel film so i didn't really like that either all right what are some themes some ideas what's this film trying to say so that idea of processing grief and loss and and being able to let go dealing with loneliness the change that someone can have on, on someone else as well um, that idea of eternal love you know how do you let go of eternal love Creativity is important, inventiveness, determination, following through with what you want to do. Chinese culture plays a big part in this film too. All that it has to offer is myths, food, music, yin and yang, the two halves making a whole, that mooncake symbol of family coming together as well, as well as family values too, I guess, the, the sharing time with family, accepting that families can mean anything. They can be mixed families too, and cherishing life and, and everything that you love too. Um, what did I take away from this film? Um, I think, you know, it's a solid animated entry into Netflix's original animated films. I've done a lot of bonus episodes on Netflix original films, the animated ones. But you can sort of see in this one the time and effort that was put into it, unlike some of the earlier ones. <laughs> cough, cough, um, the movie Fearless. <laughs> uh, don't listen to that episode unless you want to laugh. Fearless was not very good. Uh, questions, ponderings, what am I thinking about this? I think, you know, it's great that a lot of the cast and animation team are of Asian descent, but I felt it's a bit problematic that you've got a white guy directing it. Just such a, an Asian-centric story. I thought that was a little bit an interesting choice. Uh, Chang, this, this goddess, she's so upset about losing the love of her life. And I mentioned this before in the, the scenes that didn't really work, but how does she have the energy and the drive to give that big stadium-like performance when she's meant to be so depressed and down and out? That didn't fit in with her character for me the dad moving on like Fei Fei's dad it was just way too quick I know it's like four years and they try to progress it and say everyone has the right to make new family and connections and not be lonely but, but I've seen a similar thing like this in real life and I'm not sure I agree with that whole idea of accepting it so easily I think there's a lot more complexities to it I know this is a kids film but there is so much complexities to that sort of idea that it's hard to touch on in a film like this um the heron by the lake we see this heron this bird by the lake twice um, after the mother's passed away wondering what people think but mine is that Fei Fei's mum coming down to see her um in that reflection of the moon as well so interesting little things so overall let's wrap it up we give the film a rating out of five like this is sweet enough it's got a nice enough message the bright visuals will entertain the really young kids and and the message will hit home for a lot of older kids too solid three out of five for me three out of five we're on socials we've got instagram facebook and x formerly known as twitter the question for the for this week was have you ever eaten mooncake? Plays a big role in this film. I've never had it, I don't think. So I'm interested to try and find it and see what it's like. Um, looks quite nice. So, so um, a dessert sort of cake. Looks good. All right, we're back next week. Next week, we've got a 2020 film. It's a romantic comedy called Holidate. It's directed by John Whitesell and stars Emma Roberts, Luke Bracey, Jake Manley, Jessica Capshaw, Andrew Batchelor, Francis Fisher, Manish Dayal, and Kristen Chenoweth. That's what we've got next week. Give it a watch. Join in next week. As always, thanks for joining in. See you soon.